As your toddler gets older, it can get harder and harder to make sure that they get those naps in. It can be even more frustrating when they are at daycare and you can't control what they're doing. How do you get your little one to keep a nap schedule when they are with others and there are so many distractions? First off, peer pressure is a wonderful tool. But we'll also talk about how you can instill confidence in your child and give them the tools they need to get those naps in. And it really is that lovely time of year where it seems like every week your child is sick. So fun. This week on the podcast, we'll tell you why we highly recommend a cool mist humidifier and how to properly use it to help alleviate all those little symptoms that are just so annoying. They annoy us more than they annoy them, but there are a few things that we can do about it. So I'm Jennifer. And I'm Laura. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. We're so glad you're here. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hi, moms. This is Anika from New York again. Um, Thank you so much for answering my question. It actually aired on my son's fourth birthday, so thank you for that. Uh, So follow-up question. So while night sleep has been improving, uh, not as much uh, singing at night, my little engineer um, is still having a hard time with naps, in particular at school. And even though he's now four, uh, he definitely still needs a nap if he doesn't get one. He's very cranky in the afternoon, affects aftercare. Um, So any thoughts on helping him? Sometimes he will nap at home on the weekends, but it's usually later, um, let's say 2, 2.30, and we definitely wake him up by four. But uh, any tips for helping him at school um, where they still require uh, the kids to take a nap? Um, Any thoughts are appreciated. Thanks. I tell you, peer pressure can be a fantastic thing. <laughs> I know it gets a bad rap, you it know, really when you're a teenager does. and whatnot, yep, yep. but uh, it's really great in toddlerhood. So, you know, the goal at school isn't necessarily that he has to sleep. He just has to lay there quietly. So sometimes it's just the way that we um, present that information and the expectations that we have. So, you know, if they have a quiet time, Um, at school and he doesn't sleep, that's perfectly fine. We don't mind, but we want to say, oh, it was quiet time. So the only thing that we want to really concentrate on is that he's not a, a disruption. But if he doesn't sleep, that's okay. So we want to keep that in mind. And the peer pressure element is all the other kids are lying there. And um, so it does have that element of he recognizes what's, you know, happening and what's expected. And if we just give him the tools to know what that time looks like for him, you know, you can lay there and, you know, um, think about the next book that you want to read. You can think about the next thing that you want to do. And you do that silently. And, you know, mommy and daddy do that and nap sometimes too. And so it's just about really having quiet time as opposed to, 
trying to find some trick that's going to make them sleep because that's one of the things we don't have control over. I can't make you sleep, Laura. Oh, man. I so oh, wish I you could. <laughs> um, Maybe if I turn the lights down a little bit. Maybe we might do. Luther Vandross, you'd be like, out. out. And, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is we all want this magic wand, Right. We want to wave a magic wand and make our kids sleep when we want them to sleep and eat what we want them to eat and, you know, act the way we want them to act. And there are just some things that we don't have that control over. So we have to kind of step back and say, okay, look, daycare is daycare and they have to do and they have their rules to run their business and take care of all these kids, and he's not the only one that's there. So giving him that opportunity, and then you guys reinforcing Mm -hmm. that opportunity. Hey, honey, we had quiet time today, and your teacher said that you were disrupting the class. That's not how we're going to act, and you're going to be great at laying down and thinking about the next great thing that we're going to do. And maybe daycare, maybe you could suggest to daycare, is there a way that he has a book underneath his cot um, that he can look at during quiet time to help? But it's non-optional. And so how can we get that message across in a way that's positive? Oh, that's such a great question. So how do we get messages across to toddlers in a way that's positive? Uh, We do a couple of things. Number one, we're super confident. Number two, we're very clear. We give them two pieces of information that is what is happening and what we want them to do about it. And then we are repetitively confident. So we're just this confident, trustworthy teacher. We're not surprised. We recognize sometimes it's hard to lay there for the entirety of nap time, and we can validate that. But like Laura said, then we say it is a quiet time. You can lay there quietly because I know you can figure it out and find different things to think of in your mind when your eyes are closed. And tell me what those things are when you get home. And, you know, so we can make it really positive and really fun without having this burden or expectation that he really has to sleep at that time. And I think in so many arenas, so often, we want to believe, like you said, with the magic wand, that we can make them sleep. We can control the environment. We can control the routine, which is working to his advantage in a daycare situation. This happens about the same time every day in the same way every day. That is speaking a toddler's language. And we can control the atmosphere. So when we talk about environment, those are those tangible things, you know, uh, routine and, and keeping things in place and having, you know, for younger kids, a sound machine still being used at home, those things. But when we're talking about atmosphere, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. Yes. And the atmosphere is positive. Conf- confidence. And confident. So, you know, just practice that. And I would avoid, okay, so this is a pitfall <laughs> we all get in. Oh, man. Looking at that kid. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do it. I mean, because I call myself out at the same time. (laughs) If I had kids, I did it. (laughs) Are you trying to drive me crazy? Have you ever asked one of your kids that? 
<laughs> it feels like it sometimes, but asking them why, why are you not sleeping at, at that time? They're just not self-aware enough to say, you know, my brain just won't stop thinking and my, you know, legs get super fidgety and and they'll oftentimes pair it back maybe some of the things that we have populated their imagination with. Is it too cold? Is it too hot? Are you too not in the right place? Are you, did you need to drink beforehand? Did, you know? And really, it's not about asking that question as much as it is setting their perspective and giving them those two pieces of information confidently and repetitively when you have your nap time at school, it's going to be quiet time for you. And you can sleep or you can think your thoughts. It just all has to happen quietly and you'll figure it out. And you know what? If you think some really good thoughts about what we could do when you get home, I can't wait to hear those. And you just make it fun. You make it very positive. And we don't necessarily go down that rabbit hole of trying to respond to whatever they come up with. Oh, it's not comfortable enough. Oh, I wanted the red mat. Oh, I wasn't next to, you know, the friend I wanted to be next to or, you know, and we could fix literally everything to make it the most perfect environment with the perfect temperature next to the exact kid that they want to look at. <laughs> and it's not going to change a thing. But it was a fun, you know, little engagement that we had with them that got nowhere. So, you know, we just, it's okay to get comfortable in that authority, confident role. Um, and they're looking to you to help them to figure out how to navigate these things. And I, I, we want you to feel really comfortable in that, in that role. I love, I love hearing Laura when she says these phrases because you guys can hear it. It's so, like, I get encouraged. I'm not even a kid. <laughs> it just, it encourages me. It has this matter of fact tone. And, um, and practice that. That makes such a huge difference. Because it's the truth. They Ooh, will figure yes. it out. Mm. You've got this. Hi, Moms on Call. My name is Emma, and I'm from Arizona. I wanted to get your take on using a humidifier when my baby is sick. I've got a six-month-old who is currently sick with a cold has congestion, cough, and stuffy nose, things like that. I'm running a cool mist humidifier. This humidifier has three levels of settings. So one gives a lower mist, and then there's a medium and a high. The lowest level provides very little mist. Should I be using a higher setting to produce more mist? The humidity level in the room is about 40%, so it's not low humidity, but I assume higher mist is still needed in this case since the baby is sick. I wanted to share this question with you and see if you guys had any ideas. Oh, and also, how far should I put the humidifier away from the baby's crib? Ours is currently about six feet away or so. Thank you so much. Well, it is that time of the sea of the year, right? Of of all this congestion and cough and runny nose and colds that they seem to get one. Get over it, get it again, get one, get another one. I mean, it just seems like every time we turn around. And there's a few things we can do. Yes, the cool mist humidifier is great to use. We're actually shooting for about 60 to 70% uh, in that room if we can. So probably the medium setting uh, on that cool mist humidifier should work. Make sure, and we will shout it over and over, that you are cleaning that machine the way that it says to clean it. This is not something that you can be like, eh, I'll clean it in a, in a few months. No, follow those manufacturing 
directions for the machine that you have that's super, super, super important. And the other piece of that is keeping that temperature in the room on the cooler side as well. And if you don't have that, if you're like me and you throw things out. You can find it online now. You can find it online. (laughs) And you have to fish through Four or five other people that are just going to universally tell you how to do it. But we like you to go see what the manufacturer says on how to do it. So there's a number of ways. But if you're like me, you get distracted because somebody wants to show you how to do it. And it seems like they really know what they're talking about. But the manufacturer, that's the way to go. That 800 number works great, too. They'll even send you a a new... uh, New instruction manual if you need to. But, you know, follow those directions because it, it really does matter. Those machines can get pretty, yucky. Yeah, they, they can get, get kind of yucky. So, and as far as where to place it in that that nursery, we like it on the other side of the room. Six to ten feet away sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And whether you go hot or cold, it's going to be room temperature at some point. But the cool mist tends to do better. And we like to um, not put any additives in there. So it's sometimes you can add some, you know, oils or Mm -hmm. whatever. So Mm -hmm. let's stay away Mm -hmm. from those. Keep that just some, the distilled water Mm -hmm. uh, is what you want to use in that cool mist. Keep the temperature in the room somewhere between 68 and 72 at the warmest. Keep it on that cooler side. Put it about six to 10 feet away from that crib and clean it according to the manufacturer's directions. Don't get distracted. So one of the reasons why we we recommend using that cool mist humidifier is when the air just gets super dry. A lot of times you'll see that when the heaters start to come on, right? So when those heaters come on and the air is super dry and sucking out all that moisture, you'll notice that sometimes you have the dry skin. Uh, That can also cause some dryness in those respiratory passages as well. So it's a great thing to try and keep those things moist. Well, and you know what happens when it gets really dry in there and our bodies are so magnificently designed. It says, hey, it's too dry in here. You know what I should what? send? The mucus. <laughs> I send mucus to that part. I, I can, yeah, I can put some of my own moisture in there. And typically I just kind of overdo it. Just a little. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have the cool mist humidifier because it just calms it down a little bit. Like, okay, there's a little moisture in the air. Let's uh, let's settle, settle down. And down. Um, yeah, and so it just helps our bodies not to have that reaction where it's just trying to provide its own moisture there. It just keeps a little bit of moisture in the air when the heat just sucks it right out. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey. 